accents. Bad-hating justice, then you come to the right place. This week, <laughs> what are you talking about? I named my case Trouble Teenager. Mm, we, do have, we have stumbled upon something this week because I also oh, have yeah? a teen case. Son of a bitch! It's not a trouble teen. My case is called If Jim Walls Could Talk. It's very specific. Jim Walls. Yeah, not like a guy named Jim. Like a gymnasium. <laughs> Jim, the gym that you go and exercise. Exercise, yes. I know what I said. The hot people go and get hotter. This is children's. I have no hot people getting hotter. They're just doing like the school PE thing. Oh, the gym at school. The gymnasium, yeah. You'll see what it's about. Anyway, so we've started recording late as per usual. And um, I just wanted to address a couple of things from last week's episode. One, Susanna is in fact a prick. Because I last am not week, a prick. Last week. I am so not Last a prick. week, I cut I'm out a prick. bunch. <laughs> I cut out a bunch out of the episode when I was editing, which may have left some people who made it till the very end incredibly confused. So if you made it till the end, 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 you would have heard Susanna scaring me. She waited until we finished do our outro and then said, somebody's behind you. And I lost it, and then I called her a bunch of names, and that's how we ended the episode last week. Now, if you don't hang around until after the outro, you probably missed it. But if you did catch it and you have questions, I was telling Susanna how much I hate the feeling of being chased and the feeling of something being behind me, because we were talking about the parallels between... Um, your case where the little girl went missing by the water tank and the case of this girl from Canada. Um, they, who, they, they pushed the thing. Well, yeah. they don't know, well, they don't know if she got pushed in, but she was in the water tank and then people were drinking the water at the hotel and that's how they found out that she was in that water tank, right? But, like, we were talking about the similarity. I was telling you how creepy I thought the video was and I was like, oh, I have to go downstairs. I have to come back up by myself with Bonnie. <laughs> and the thing is that Susanna, she's fucking scared too. So she scared me and then in, a, in doing that, scared herself. <laughs> and scared herself. So if you were confused, it was just Susanna layering on to that, that revelation I gave her and she freaked me out for no damn reason. <laughs> How do you feel? Do you feel do you feel like you accomplished something? No. Exactly. All you did was scare both of us. I don't know why I did it. I don't know why I did it. I don't know why you did it either. Because I hate being scared. Yeah, so why do you do it to me? I don't know, it's so funny. Anyway, I don't even know why I'm talking about that, you know, because I have to be in my apartment by myself tonight because my mother gone Saskatoon. So this is not the time. <laughs> this is not the time. Um, it's like, honestly, if I was like in one of those horror movie things where like, you know, when you go to the bathroom. I hate them. Oof. No, no, and, no. And no, then, no, like, no. they turn their back I, and they turn back into no. the mirror. And then the mirror. Oh, is, <laughs> when you turn back into the mirror and the thing is there, I would just leave. I just leave. That I know, like when I say leave, not the bathroom, it would be full. And then the other thing I want to address is this Johnny Depp Amber Heard bullshit is getting wild. I, I, I just have to say this. I hope, I really do hope that Johnny's innocent. That he, he, he didn't rape nobody. Yes. He didn't force anything to into, into nobody. And the jar could be a 
curse jar and not a cooking jar. Listen, if it, and yeah. even if it was a cooking jar, he it's wasn't hiding. Exactly, it wasn't hiding listen, from. Listen. <laughs> I just enjoy the internet because they're taking <laughs> everything she said and they're going with it exactly <laughs> like she said it. First of all, I don't know Amber personally. If you ever see this, thanks for listening. But I think you're a horrible actress. So she's I on this stuff. Which is she was before. in Aquaman. I don't know what she was in before. before no, 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 I don't know. no, she apparently acted on a bunch of shit. I don't know. I don't know. I've never seen it. But have you seen the back-to-back matches? They were in court back in 2017. Mm. When they were getting the divorce. Uh-huh. Okay. Now saying the same story in a different... Like back in 2017, she was like, Yes! I was defending my sister! Mm. Da, 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 da. And now it's... <laughs> defending... My sister. Right, right, right. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Victim. I haven't seen it, I haven't seen it. But I, I honestly, I'm going to go ahead and throw my hat in and say, I do not believe her. I, do. I don't I care. Do. I know it could come back to bite me in the ass. We could find out a bunch of shit. But right now, in this moment today, I do not believe this woman. Because I feel like if she really layering it on. Like, one of my favorites, I told you about it today, where she said, I came out of the room, he slapped me in the face. And then I turned to talk to him. <laughs> and everybody's like, and the thing is, these children on the internet will drag you. So they're reenacting what she said. And this girl like comes out, she gets slapped in the face. Then they both turn and looked into the empty room. Because like, who's in there? If you came out of the room and he slapped you, why are you turning to talk to anybody? And then she told, told the story about how he had the dog hanging out the window, hollering at her. I'll I never saw, forget I it. Saw that the one. car was quiet. Which door? Like which door? So, except Bunny. Except Bunny. Bunny does but not Bunny do that. Bunny likes to see. Yeah, Bunny. She likes doesn't to see. hang by the window. Yeah, she's not gonna do that. But but she likes to see. But she the likes point tomaco. is, is that they cut to a video of her <laughs> with the dog. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> like any fucking dog. I mean, he never claimed to not do drugs. That's not what was on the table. On the table was not drug abuse. On the table wasn't drug abuse. On the table wasn't liking to drink. On the table wasn't that. I assume. I assume they're mentioning it. To, create a pattern of destructive behavior and no, see if he has addictions. No, to, to paint a picture. Yeah, to yeah. paint a picture. He has addictions that could have led to abuse is but what they may be trying to do. Like we like to say here, you know, you should believe her. Yeah. I want to believe her. I believe victims when they come forward. But I, she's just, after seeing her in the courtroom, laugh, 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 and then go back into character, <laughs> I find it really hard to like believe her when she cries on the stand. And I, as a woman, it makes me feel sad to say that, but... You know, we'll see. My, a friend of mine said he thinks that the court will not rule in Johnny's favor because historically they they don't. And I'll feel sad for the justice system if that happens because I feel like a lot of men face abuse and they don't talk about yes. it. And they because it's yeah. normalized for women to hit men. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. for a woman to slap a man in the face if he do something yeah and don't or, come back at me because or throw, you know I'm a woman throw, throw a drink in his face or to like pelt things behind him and you have normalized that because culture like society has normalized that but nobody should be putting hands on anybody nope. in a relationship nope. Whether it's the woman, if it's a man, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Don't throw things behind him. If you don't want him to throw shit behind you, don't hit him. He shouldn't hit you. Mm-hmm. And But we have normalized seeing women do these things. And it's an act of me just, I'm so mad because of what you've done to me. And this is how I'm lashing out. And it's acceptable. No, you should never touch him. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if, 
if he were allowed to win, I feel like if that would be a good thing for the justice system because it would tip the scales so that more men who face abuse by women will come forward. But I doubt they will because they make it seem like the you're being emasculated yeah. mm-hmm. by reporting this. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we'll see where it goes. But this week we're not rambling too much because I'm sleepy. So, tell me about your case of a troubled teen. October 21st, 2009, in St. Martins, Missouri, mm-hmm. around 5 o'clock, 9-year-old Elizabeth Alton asked her mom if she could go home and play outside with her friend Emma. Mom says, no, we're about to eat dinner. Elizabeth and Emma asked, come on, come on. We always do it. Let's just, I want to go play. Elizabeth Mums said, you only have one hour. I want your ass here by six o'clock. One hour goes by, dinner is ready. Elizabeth Mum is, is waiting for Elizabeth. Elizabeth's not there. 6.30, Elizabeth's not there. By 6.35, Elizabeth Mum is calling the neighbors where mm-hmm. Emma leaves. Says, send Elizabeth home. Only to find out that Elizabeth has left to go home. Right away, Elizabeth's mom knew that something was wrong. First and foremost, Elizabeth was very scared of the dark and she was never late. Like when she was told, this is that much time you have, that's yeah. where she goes. So right away, she calls the police and as she's calling the police, she goes across the street to the neighbors. Within a few hours, Elizabeth was reported as a missing person. They started looking around. Of course, it's nighttime. Mm-hmm. They start looking around the two houses and around the area for Elizabeth. In a town of 1,300 people. That's small. Yes. Mm-hmm. Almost 300 showed up the same oh, night. Oh, wow. Like, that's how fast the word mm-hmm. spread. They were looking the whole night. Nothing. They couldn't find anything. Within 24 hours, the FBI gets involved. When the police start asking around, have you seen her and why not? And they try to act really fast because being a small town, the uh, highway is very close and they just thought that somebody has pecked her and kidnapped, and her. kidnapped her. Yeah, yeah. So they were just trying to get it right mm-hmm. away, right away, right away. When they asked Emma, Emma said, yeah, we were playing and then she went home. When the police asked Emma again, she said, that Elizabeth and her were playing, mm-hmm. but she got stuck in some bushes, and then she called her sister, Alisa Bustamante, to help her. So Emma called her sister. Emma called her sister. How'd she call her sister? She screamed. Okay. So she screamed, sister comes, and then she goes back into the house. So that's when Emma assumed Elizabeth went home. Oh, so she never said anything to Elizabeth. No, that was the last time. That was mm-hmm. the last time she saw her, right? Mm-hmm. That's what she said. Okay, she went home. But the first time they asked her, she didn't say the whole thing. Right, right. She right. said, no, we just we were just playing. I went to my house and she went to her house. Yeah, but they were how old again? Elizabeth is nine, Emma six. Oh, Emma's small. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yeah, I mean, like... It's very hard yeah, for, them for them to... Yeah, for them to put a whole situation together. Yes. Yeah, they feel like yes. they gave you the whole story. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So that during the day, they're looking around the house, being a small town, you know, that they have what we don't have, backyard, lawn. <laughs> yeah, they don't have anything. They have things that we don't have in Toronto. No. Space. 
<laughs> so they found this hole. So the FBI gets asked to search this hole because mm -hmm. it looks like rectangle-shaped hole. Alisa was with them when they found the hole. And then they said, what happened this? Like, and then Alisa goes and say, I dig that hole. And everybody was like, Why? say what? Yes, this is a small town. When I get bored, I like to dig holes. But she says it nonchalant. So nobody's seen Dig this girl digging holes? FBI, they need to search this hole. But another detective says, something's up with this girl. And they go and ask for a search warrant. Because now this girl is like, chill. This story with Emma is changing. Because she said she went home and now she's saying that her sister was there. So technically, Alyssa was the last person to see Elizabeth. So they said, we're going to search this house. Perfect. When they search the Elisa's house, they open Elisa's bathroom. They found the bathroom is a mess. Bedroom or bathroom? Bathroom. Okay. Walls are painted. There are notes on the wall. Some of them are with pen, others with Sharpie, and others in a red. They were written in blood. Oh my. There was a drawing of two kids. There was a drawing of another kid. There was a note that says, I cut. I like cutting because I like to see blood. It was not only messy, but it was filthy. Another thing that was found was a notebook, sort of like a diary. Like every other teenager, she was deep in her feelings. FBI, whatever person is searching the, the room, checks on the last entry, and the last entry was scratched. So, Alisa had written something. But she scratched it she out. She scratched it out. When the police agent looked, mm -hmm. uh, put it against the light, agent could read, slit throat. Mm. Go to church, LOL. Slit throat, go to church, LOL? Mm -hmm. Wow, okay. So, the agent says, no, we're taking this bitch for questioning. We have to take her. So, they take her. But before they take her, because Alisa is a minor, Alisa is 15 years old, mm -hmm. They have to bring your guardian. In this case, their legal guardian are her grandparents. Because it's a minor. I don't know what's the per, the title of the person, but it could be somebody from Child Protectors Services or Child okay. something. So they have like a it neutral could be, person who's there to be with the child. But to protect the child. They're all there. Alisa's chill. She's chill. Detective comes and he's chill. Like, okay, so matching her me, energy. Tell me about mm -hmm. yourself. Like, mm -hmm. tell me this. What were you doing? And of course, the detectives are like asking the same questions all yeah. the time. And she's chill. Like, nothing is breaking her. And then, okay, what do you like to do? I like to go to church. I like to go to dance at the church. I live with my grandparents. I have twin brothers and a sister. I do this i um how do you know elizabeth oh i know her because she's my half sister's friend and she's from the neighbors very sad what happened to her yes we have to sympathize with her family yes like she's chill 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 one of her hobbies is rugby to what aggressive sport that's exactly what this child lady said okay it's like Mm. I mean, it's a, it's a rough sport, but I mean, it's not like it's like girls play rugby. Exactly. It just happens to be a rough sport. It, yes. So yeah. she's, she's actually make that comment that, and at some point it was, it began a conversation even with the grandmother. 
Then detective goes out, asks for water, and then comes back in. Chet goes down. He's like, okay, tell me about those holes that you dig. When did you dig them? Why are they so big? And then she starts saying, yeah, I dig holes. And then sometimes, you know, a squirrel die and then I bury the squirrel. Some animals that I see there, I think it's like, you know, the honorable thing mm -hmm. just to bury them and give them. But there's not much to do in this small town. So I just go for walks. So where do you go for walks? I go around the creek. 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 Mm -hmm. I go around the creek. I go... I got, uh, whatever. <laughs> I, I'll walk and why not? So what were you doing on October 21st? Because you didn't go to school. No, I didn't go to school. Okay, why you didn't go to school? She didn't say anything. And then she's like, I wanted to go for a walk. And then she started getting uncomfortable. And she starts like talking about the walks, talking about the... And then the, the detectives start going more into... The holes. Tell me about the holes. Mm. Tell me about the holes. How many holes did you dig? I cannot count them. Then out of the sudden, he started asking, what do you think happened to... Elizabeth, do you think somebody took her? She's like, maybe somebody took her. Do you think somebody took her and put her in a car? Maybe. But I don't think that somebody took her in a car. Oh, do you think somebody took her for a walk? Out of nowhere, the detective says, do you know we search your house? Yes. you know we search your room? Yes. You have very particular pictures there? Yes. We saw everything you have in your room. Yes. We saw your diary, you know, and the whole aura changed. And we saw all the entries. Did you slit her throat? Did you kill Elizabeth Olton? She looked at the grandmother. Grandmother composed herself because it was like none, like she was chill. We were talking, mm -hmm. we were talking, start getting a little bit, you know, serious. Mm -hmm. And then mm, at this point, Child lady goes, you know, they're going to find everything. It's better for you to come clean. It's better for you to tell us everything. So she starts crying and she says, yes, grandmother burst at you. But it was a mercy. What, like a mercy killer? Yes. Why? Because apparently she fell, mm -hmm. hurt herself. She was in pain. She didn't know what to do. She wasn't breathing. So she cut her throat and put her in the hole. The same one that they were going to go check? There were two. Oh, shit. Detective says, are you telling the truth? Are you telling the truth? Grandmother started losing her shit. Detective says, did you stab her? She says, yes. Turns out that when the detective went out in the room, the FBI had just were able to find what it was written in her diary. Oh, they were able to underneath all of the scratches. Uh -huh. Oh, wow. Look at her diary. I just fucking killed someone. I strangled them and slit their throat and stabbed them. Now they're dead. I don't know how I feel at this moment. It was amazing. As soon as you get over the, oh my God, I can't do this feeling, it's pretty enjoyable. Mm. I'm kind of nervous and shaky though, right now. Okay, I gotta go to church, LOL. So when the grandmother heard that 
she stabbed her, she left the room. Oh, shit. She left. At this point, the detective found out that she was reacting only of the reaction of her grandmother. So the more upset the grandmother got, the more upset Alisa got. So when your mother got her left the room, was she calm when she was talking? No, she, but you could hear on the recording, you could hear the grandmother crying and crying mm-hmm. and crying. And she would be like, I can do this, I can do this, mm-hmm. I can do this. This child agent starts saying, you know, we need to get you to tell us the truth, like we can help you. The agent's work was, was to support her instead of pushing for the specifics of the murder. So the detective says... Where is she? The body. Yeah, she's in the hole. But we didn't find anything. She's in a second hole. If we take you there, if we go now, can you take us? You will know where it is. She said yes. So they took her. They walked for a second hole, deeper in the woods, very close to the other one. And there she was, covered in like dirt and leaves. That was the body of Elizabeth Old. She has slit her throat, mm-hmm. stabbed her eight times, mm. and threw her there. Of course, Elisa was taken into custody and charged for first-degree murder. On January 10th, 2012, they started the trial. The first thing that Lisa's lawyer said, the questioning wasn't appropriate because this woman, the agent, the child agent, instead of being there for Alisa, she started questioning and trying to get information as a detective. Just because of what that woman did there, Alisa was dropped from life in prison without parole to life in prison with the possibility of parole. She pleaded guilty to second degree murder and armed criminal action. Alisa was sentenced to life imprisonment with the possibility of conditional release at 30 years. Hmm. Alisa is the daughter of teenager parents that used to abuse drugs. The mother was in and out of jail for theft and drug abuse. That's how the grandparents got the custody of the kids. Detective said that this was premeditated. And there is the the assumption that she was trying to kill the two, the twin brothers. Because remember, she did two holes. Mm. And the twin brothers were younger than Elizabeth. For their investigation, Elisa told Emma, go and ask Elizabeth to come and play with Oh, shit. Oh, my God. She premeditated the whole shit. She dig the holes three days before. Hmm. Uh-huh. So she dig the hole on Wednesday hmm. and kill Elizabeth on Friday. When they were asked, why did you do it? I just wanted to know how it felt to kill somebody. Mm, That's fucking nuts. Back in 2007, Alisa tried to kill herself. Mm -hmm. She was at the hospital for 10 days. She was diagnosed with depression and was prescribed Prozac. The lawyers tried to make the claim that the drugs made that her the do drug it. made her do it, but there was no Prozac. Were to do something is to make you like you know to lower calm. yeah make you calmer than 
than going against and like doing those violence. Here's the thing: a lot of those drugs, like you never see those commercials on the TV where they're like, "Take this to cure the sore on your foot," but you might end up with gangrene, depression. <laughs> you may like all of a sudden your teeth could fall out. Like the sometimes the side effects of these things are way worse than what they're meant to. Yeah, but they really fucked her over was the fact that she did plan it. Yeah, yeah, she obviously she did. like she, she planned she it. The like whole day on that dance. day when when Emma called her, she grabbed a knife. Yeah, from the kitchen. Like That's she would she she dig the hole. She grabbed the knife, and you know what? She goes clean the knife, put it back in the dishwasher. Ah. That makes me feel the same yeah. way I felt when I saw the video of the people putting their toilet seat in the dishwasher. <laughs> yes. I feel the yes. same way yes. about that as yes. I feel about that. Mm-hmm. You know, like some things just shouldn't be with your dishes. Yeah. Um, you shouldn't have them with a weapon to begin with. But I mean, like, it makes me, f- it sits the same way in my stomach, like mm. toilet seat in your dishwasher. Mm-hmm. If you're somebody who puts your toilet seat in your dishwasher, you're fucking nasty. I said it. It's nasty. Yeah, what the fuck? Why don't you just get if if it's about the steaming, just get a steamer and just steam the fuck out of it. Just just have things allocated just for your toilet bowl. Like they should never overlap into your dishes. Do you have a towel for your to clean your shit, your bathroom stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, you have specific things. Don't ever use the thing that's clean your toilet to clean your dishes. I don't know how we got here, but listen, (laughs) I'm very, very um, like that's very upsetting. It's very distressing because. Like it's you have kid. to, yeah, you have to ask like the question in my head is like, at what point do teens even start thinking about or people start thinking about things like this? Like mm-hmm. your awareness is what separates you from child and adult, right? That's in my opinion, like, because you're blissfully unaware when you're a child, like play is fun. Nothing bad can happen. We're yeah. having a good time. It's play. It's a happy day. Everything is happy. You're unaware that your mother and your father in the kitchen threatening to divorce each other because the husband buy the wrong cake. Like you're unaware because no, no, that's my. You're you're a child. You're just in play mode. You're just happy. Depending on the the childhood. Because no, but exactly. Some kids but it's the environment. To, yeah. And so then, but you're exposed at a certain age to a mm-hmm. specific thing, and I wonder for some people. Like, the age at which that happens just really fucks them up. Because at some point, I understood what murder was. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Like, now as an adult, I can't remember when I learned what murder was. But there was a moment where I had no idea what murder was. And then there was a moment when I knew. That was a horrible story, Susanna. Mine is not any better. It's a horrible story. Mine's not better. I mean, if you thought that your case was gonna be the worst, I'm sure I went. I'm sure I win. Really? Yeah. More than a murdered teenager, 15 years old, 9-year-old Elizabeth dead. I'm sure. Knife in the dishwasher. I'm sure I won. Did it for the sake of it. I won the episode, Susanna. Was planning to kill the two I won the fucking episode. Let me tell you how. (laughs) Use the sister to lure the other one. (laughs) Have you ever heard of Kendrick Johnson? A lot of this comes directly from the mouths of the parents in this case. I actually spent money, spent my coins <laughs> renting the documentary so that I could get their account of what happened because I felt very strongly about getting their opinion in this because of what happened here. So I'll be referencing a lot of what they said since they are also victims of this crime, in my mm. opinion. 
Seventeen-year-old Kendrick Johnson, affectionately called KJ, apparently K names in their family were super popular. You and I were talking about this earlier, <laughs> where people like name people consecutively the same name, kind of like the Kardashians, right? He didn't come home from Lowen's High School on the evening of January 10th, 2013. As an all-star athlete, running track, playing basketball, playing football, a number of extracurricular activities could have kept him away from being home on time. But it wasn't like him to go without telling someone where he'd be and when he'd be home. With no word from him about whether or not he'd be staying to enjoy a basketball game, and with his bus driver, informing his mother that he didn't get on the bus home, his parents, Kenneth and Jackie Johnson, became worried. Kenneth was a truck driver and he was working that night, so he was kind of keeping abreast of the situation through his wife, you know, who was like giving him the information like, hey, Kendrick not home, this is what's going on. And they decided it's best to call the police. Immediately, the police implied that Kendrick was probably with a girl somewhere and that basically there was no need to worry. Motherfuckers. Jackie, the mother, rightly put him in his place, telling him that her children knew not to be home any later mm-hmm. than 10 p.m. Mm-hmm. because they have extracurricular activities, you know, mm-hmm. they have games and stuff. So, mm-hmm. despite an earlier drive by the school, because the mother and the sister, I think, took a drive by the school to see if he was at the game lineman with his friends, Jackie and the police officer who took the call, the same one who tell her, he probably lay up with some girl. Well, he also said he would drive by the school that night. And she said she's going to make another drive by the school just mm-hmm. to see. Kenneth said... He knew when 12 a.m. hit and Kendrick wasn't found, that Kendrick was dead. It's like, it was just a gut feeling. He knew. You don't know where he is? He just knew. Like, that's not his son. It's not his son not to come back. He know he gone. Mm. And in the, in the documentary, the mother also says she felt like he was gone too. The next day, at around 10.30 a.m., a frantic call was received from the Lones High School, urgently requesting that the police come out to the old gym. At some point, school officials were alerted by students who were playing on gym mats. Yeah. That's what the one article said. Another article said something else. And the children who were playing near the gym mats said they saw feet sticking out of one of the mats. Now, to paint a picture... The mats are massive. So these are floor mats for a gymnasium. So when they're rolled up and put to stand up, they measure about six feet tall because they're big. And it's alleged that after seeing the feet, socks only, sticking out of the mat that the school officials, who also became aware of a strong odor, tipped the mat on its side and unrolled the mat, which is when they discovered Kendrick's five foot ten body. So he's got a six foot drum. Mm -hmm. He's five foot ten. One arm was positioned over his head, the other around his waist, and there was blood pooled at the bottom of the mat with two pairs of shoes nearby, an orange and white shoes and a black and white shoes. Kendrick's sister heard the commotion at the gym, and she tried to get through, but they wouldn't let her through. And it was a school resource officer who confirmed to Jackie, because Jackie showed up at the school because she's looking for her child that they found Kendrick in the gym because oh obviously there are only so many children. And you all should see this boy. Like, you will when you look at the links. Cute. Look at this cute boy. The scene was troubling and immediately puzzling. Police needed to determine how Kendrick ended up stuffed in the mat at the gym. From the documentary, we found out that the police did not do a good job of containing the scene. Of course. Or what was essentially a crime scene. According to Kendrick's sister and other students, they found his body in the gym, but they didn't clear the school. Instead, students were allowed to still 
Melabout, go to class, and do everything. Carry on whilst her deceased brother was in the gym and the scene was being processed. So picture it. Jackie Reed, she's screaming outside of the school. Sister is there. The sister is there. Children just carrying on with classes. Police telling Jackie to stop screaming because they don't even know if it's Kendrick. Like if somebody else's child was missing that day. Instead of letting listen, instead of letting Jackie identify the body, the police for some reason asked his sister to identify Kendrick by the shoes. And she confirmed that they were his shoes, even stating that the shoes that they showed her were completely clean. They were his and they were completely clean. The same fucking day. I have wrote same fucking day. Same American day within that same 24 hours of that day. The Lones County Sheriff's Office will issue a statement saying that they didn't believe there was any foul play. Why? Because students claimed that it wasn't uncommon for them to store their shoes in the mats mm. to protect them when they go to class or they're doing something else. And they have like their fancy shoes. They don't want to get stolen, maybe, or any other one that get dirty. I don't know what. I don't know why they don't have lockers. I have no idea why it was common practice for them to store them at the old gym. In the old gym under these mats. It was therefore believed that Kendrick went to the gym to retrieve his shoes, and instead of tipping the mat and collecting it, which is what any normal person would do, mm. he decided to squeeze his. 19 inch across chest into the 14 inch across opening of the mat to attempt to retrieve them. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know that. I'm not a mathematician, how, how, but the math not mathing. Um, how old is Kendrick again? He's 17. Oh, 17. Yeah. 5'10. The drum, the mat is six feet tall. The opening is 14 inches wide. His breadth of his chest is 19 inches across, but he's in the mat. He's going to go in because that's what every 17-year-old does. They found that Kendrick got stuck Mm. and positional asphyxia from being upside down. And the blood is what took the toll on his body, causing blood to rush to his head and for him to bleed from his orifices. Mm. The thing is, when Kendrick was found, one of his shoes, the black and white ones, was in fact, at the bottom of the mat, so mm-hmm. like under his head. But the pooled blood was under the shoe. So there was no blood on the shoe itself. So See, that it doesn't make sense. Asphyxia. I understand. Bleed. But then whilst bleeding, he comes out. Just just step on the in. blue. No, no, he didn't step in it. It's under, it's under his the head. Sh- oh. It's on his feet. His mm-hmm. feet are up. His head is mm-hmm. down. But how did he get the chew? How the when chew is under his head. The chew, but it's not dirty with blood. How is it? But the blood, the blood is coming from. That's exactly everybody's point. There's no blood on the shoe itself. The orange shoes that were also a part of this were inside at the top of the mat where his feet were. So somehow he managed to get himself stuck, and then put the shoes in with him. Somehow. Mm-hmm. He's stuck in there. Maybe he has a type of blood that doesn't go down with gravity, just against gravity. Listen, if the argument was that Kenneth went into the mat to get his shoe and got stuck in the process, then why were his shoes not covered in blood? Because if the shoe is at the bottom of the mat, 
he suffered positional asphyxia after going in to get the shoe. Yeah. Then all the blood from him should have dripped onto the shoe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Secondly, how was he even able to fit in the mat physically? Because he's 19 inches across, yeah. the mat is 40. Mm-hmm. And why didn't anybody hear him calling for help? Because he had been missing since the day before. It would later be revealed that a hoodie, a pair of orange and black sneakers. Now, mm-hmm. in the in the mat with him were the white and black sneakers that was at the bottom that didn't have any blood on it. Yeah. The orange and black ones that were at the top by his shoe. That by his had feet, blood. Which were also his shoes. Didn't have no blood on it. No. Clean. All of his sneakers are clean. Then outside of the mat, outside of where he is, mm-hmm. there are orange and black sneakers, a hoodie, and there's blood on the wall at the crime scene. Now remember, he had positional asphyxia, and so all the, the blood should be contained in. inside of that mat. Yeah. Why is there blood on the wall? The sneakers and the hoodie did not belong to Kendrick. The items, the hoodie and the sneakers and everything, were never taken in for evidence. And the blood on the wall, although tested and found to not be Kendrick's, was concluded as, quote, having been there for a long time. Mm. Mm-hmm. So we just have a school happening with blood on the wall and nobody doing anything. No, no. Never cleaned. Just blood on the wall. And if you see the blood on the wall, it's not like a, you know, sometimes you'll see like a little speck. Mm-hmm. And you're like, how do you even make that out? Mm-hmm. No, we're talking about like there's blood on the wall. Mm-hmm. And they're like, it's been there for a long time. Of course it has. When they checked the cameras, Kendrick was last seen around one, at around 1.30 p.m. the day before. And his body wasn't found until 10-ish the next day. He didn't come home. He didn't come home in the evening. In the evening. But the cameras didn't catch him, him on anything after 1.30. PM. Yes, the day mm-hmm. before. And then he was found at 10.30. So 10.30 AM is when the call day. was made. Like 12 hours after he didn't show up. So the show whole up. day, yes. Okay, okay, okay. Yes, okay. and that's what's disturbing because they're like, wasn't people still in school mm-hmm. at 1.30 when he mm-hmm. stopped popping up on the cameras? Mm-hmm. Like, shouldn't people have... Because people take PE at different times. Mm-hmm. You know, you have people who have it at 1 o'clock, people have it at 2, 3, whatever. And then it was also supposed to be that game. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know if it's in the new gym because remember, this is called old gym. Mm-hmm. I don't know where the game was, but there was but supposed to be a basketball game. But he didn't show up. Game. Didn't somebody say, hey, your kid didn't but show up, is, where's... But this is why the mother went to pass by the school. They're mm-hmm. not looking to look inside of the mats at the old gym. They went to check the game, which is where they thought he was going to be. Kendrick's family immediately suspected foul play, of course. But nobody was taking them seriously. Mm-hmm. It seems the sheriff's office decided it was an accident. So it must have been an accident. <laughs> the thing is that on the day Kendrick's body was discovered, his father spoke with a police officer and the police told him that there was something on Kendrick's head. Without giving any further explanation, the police ended the call. Like almost like if they caught themselves realizing they were giving them information or maybe somebody told them, hey, hey, hey don't mm-hmm. say anything. But they never got any more information about what was on his head. Traditional practice would see that the coroner would be called as soon as a dead body was identified. However, in this case, the coroner was called about five to six hours later. As shady as that was, the police were saying that there were no signs of trauma to the body inconsistent with positional asphyxia. So anything that they saw on the body to it's them showed fix, positional yeah. asphyxia mm-hmm. due to him being in the man. And they were saying this even though, guess what, found out that they unrolled the mat, observed his body. You know what they did? Rolled it back. So they could take pictures of him, put the sneakers back in how they found it. But they're touching so the whole thing. fucked up the whole crime scene. So they didn't let children go home. So they're milling about all over the place. They unroll the mat and they look at him and they do whatever. And then they roll him back up so that they could take more pictures. Despite Kenneth's request that Kendrick's body not be removed from the county, 
They called him and was like, come and view his body at the, the crime lab. He asked him, he said, don't move his body out to the county. But they didn't listen to him. When he got there, Kenneth noted that the room was hot. He said he thought it was in his mind. Like maybe he just, mm-hmm. he worked up about what he going to see. Yeah. You know, because he's not prepared to see his son. Mm-hmm. He said when they go to pull the body out of the drawer. Now what you expect is cool air. Yeah. He said hot air came out of the drawer. It was implied based upon what he said. It's like almost like they were trying to destroy evidence. Because mm-hmm. remember, heat makes bodies decompose yeah. faster. Mm-hmm. He didn't outright say that, but it was implied, in my opinion. But that wasn't the most disturbing thing about this. The most disturbing thing was the state of Kendrick's face. Kendrick had been grossly disfigured. And they show you his face. They show you. That's why I told you I don't think the documentary is for you. And I'm going to stop here to tell the people who listen to our podcast if you are going to go rent the documentary or find the documentary or go click on the links that I'm going to put in the episode. I just want to give like a graphic content warning because they straight up show you what he looked like. If you know the Emmett Till case, then you have an idea what you're in for. And I knew you didn't know the Emmett Till case, so that's why I'm, I'm going to touch on it for a second. So the documentary even touches on Emmett Till because the cases have a lot of similarity in that both are young black boys who got killed. Both are young black boys who obviously were disfigured. And in both cases, the mother made sure that the image was an immediate. Like, this yeah. is what you did to my child, mm-hmm. right? In the Emmett Kill case, he was a young boy who was accused of catcalling and attempted rape of a white lady. Husband of the woman and his friend grabbed Emmett, took him out, like I think from home, dragged him out home and murdered him. They were both found not guilty by an all-white jury. And if you see the video of them, they're celebrating in court, smiling, smoking cigars, kissing because they got away with fucking murder. Mm Mm-hmm. 60 years later, the woman on her deathbed admitted that Emmett didn't do anything. And he was dead. And when I say dead, the image of Emmett Till is a super powerful image because it kind of tilted or tipped the scales in that whole civil rights march and people wanting rights for black people because they made sure, the mother made sure. His head was crushed, Susanna. And she insisted on an open casket funeral. Mm -hmm. Like in the documentary, they touched on the area where he's from, which is in Georgia, mm-hmm. everybody in their head thinks it's near to Atlanta, where Atlanta is progressive. and It's not. There's somewhere called Vol- Vol- Valdastra or Valdastra or something like that. Mm-hmm. And that was deep south. And the documentary talks about how Confederate flags still fly. And there's a horrible story in the documentary about, and I didn't even know about this lady. Her name is Mary Turner. Her husband got lynched. You know, lynched is where they hang black people. Mm-hmm. And she spoke out about it. She was pregnant. They went and they got married. They cut her baby out of her stomach, stepped on the baby's head, and then they lynched Mary too. So the reason they said that in the documentary was to imply that the area that he was living in was very polarized and very touched by race at one time and still to this day. That was the point of them putting it in the documentary. Like I said, there were a lot of similarities in their case, the Emmett Till case and this case. Unlike Emmett's mother, Jackie refused to let the grotesque images of her son, and I say grotesque not to be disrespectful, but just so you know that there, if, um, if you saw a picture of this boy and then you saw a picture of this face, you know that he was beaten. Yeah. Right? So she didn't want to let those images of her son get brushed aside. So she and her family, they never gave up. 
in their attempt to get justice for Kendrick. The family 1000% expects that there was a cover-up at play. They had marches, they blocked courthouses, they held protests on the side of the road as much as they could to get attention on the case. And Kenneth and Jackie were both arrested in their protest in front of the courthouse. Why were they protesting? Because there was no progress in the case. So many people protest and they don't get arrested. And then they, mm -hmm. and they arrested them. Now, were they blocking the door? Yes, but they could have, there's so many other options, but Shut arresting up. them. Their fucking kid got killed. Yeah. These fucking people are doing anything. The least. Yeah. They get to do is protest. Yeah. So the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, meanwhile, they conducted an autopsy mm -hmm. and officially documented Kendrick's death as positional mm -hmm. asphyxia. However, the family was not taking that line down. So they hired an independent pathologist mm -hmm. to conduct another autopsy. And this autopsy would come to a very different conclusion. The findings of the second autopsy listed Kendrick's cause of death as unexplained, apparent, non-accidental blunt force trauma to the neck. This was supported by the finding of hemorrhaging on the right side of his neck. Okay. And when you see the picture of him, you can actually see that his neck is like swollen on one side. And it looks like the left side, but I do know when you take pictures, it's like opposite. Mm -hmm. So I think that's what was going on there. If you thought this story can get worse, it does. During the second autopsy, the pathologist could not inspect his organs. Why? Because they got decomposed because of the heat. No, because his organs were all removed and Kendrick's body was stuffed with newspaper. According to the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, his organs were returned to the body for burial. However, the original coroner said, when he asked after the fact, didn't bother to say anything to the family, he said that the original organs were not returned to the body because they were, quote, too decomposed and therefore they were disposed of. Then asked family shit. The funeral home knew that the body didn't have organs. So they were the ones who went ahead and filled the body with newspaper for the um, embalming process. But nobody said anything to the family. Like, once again, nothing, nothing. They heard nothing. This whole thing screamed cover-up. I say it now, read it over, just watch the documentary or mostly documentary, and I'm still like, fuck, fuck, fuck. The camera footage, although helpful in providing a timeline of Kendrick's disappearance, mm -hmm. didn't really help get to the bottom of the case. First of all, the camera footage had unexplained gaps. So the recordings will suddenly skip ahead. Of course. Of course. So for example, one minute it's recording and it's 12.04, the next minute, boop, is like 12.50. And they miss a bunch. Additionally, all the surveillance footage was pretty clear, all but one. Guess which one? The footage of the camera pointing directly to the mats was somehow blurry and also didn't show the top of the mats mm. for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. In fact, a whole key hour of the case was missing from camera footage. The exact hour that they needed for them to determine what, what happened, happened to Kendrick. Mm -hmm. The Johnsons tried to sue the funeral home for mishandling Kendrick's yeah. body because they, the funeral home didn't tell them anything. When they did the autopsy the first time, mm -hmm. they put him, they bury him, and then they will, they go to see the second one. They have to take him off mm -hmm. of the casket. Mm -hmm. I believe he was exhumed. I don't think it was a like, okay, you did one autopsy, we do one autopsy immediately after, you know? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I don't recall. I didn't put in my notes how long the time was between the yeah, two no, autopsies. But, yeah, mm -hmm. but still... Ugh. 
Anyway, like I said, the Johnson tried to sue the funeral home for mishandling Kendrick's body, but that case was thrown out. And then they tried to push for a coroner's inquest so that the official cause of death could be changed to non-accidental. They're not asking you to say it's exactly murder, but it definitely wasn't a fucking accident. Mm. That request was denied. Of course. The family search for justice kept hitting roadblocks. It was all too much. The screwed up footage, bungled crime scene, the repositioning of the body, because remember they unroll it, roll it back. Mm-hmm. The ignored evidence and the missing organs were just all too much. And, and then so Matthew Moore, the U.S. attorney for the Middle District of Georgia, announced a formal review of the case. While the court was taking their sweet time, the family found out that Kendrick had been in a fight a year earlier with two brothers who happened to be white, two white brothers. I say happened to be white because I'm not like, oh, two white brothers, but he did, they were white mm-hmm. from the reports. And it was widely reported that they believed that the fight escalated, but there was no further evidence to support this. Mm-hmm. Although the father of the boys in question was an FBI agent at the time. And he would know a thing or two about About criminal investigations. Mm -hmm. That's all we say in here. There were a lot of rumors that Kendrick was being harassed by a white student or students, possibly these brothers as well, at the school and that nobody was doing anything about it. The family believed, however, that the school was protecting its image and the students who murdered Kendrick. And in 2014, they filed a wrongful death suit against the school. Mm-hmm. Then in 2015, the Johnson family sued everybody, every fucking buddy, 38 people in fact, including three of their son's classmates, which we think is the bullies, the school, the local crime lab, because the local crime lab store him in the, the in funeral the drawer, home, the state, the federal officials, mm-hmm. five agents mm-hmm. of the GBI, an FBI agent, yeah. and more. We're talking everybody, everybody. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The parents said that the sons of the FBI agent killed Kendrick and used their connections to cover up the investigation. Mm. In the end, because the Johnson family had no evidence, they were sued for more than $850,000 in attorney fees and more than $1 million in defamation charges, and they were ultimately ordered by a judge to pay almost $300,000 worth of lawyer fees to those who they accused with no evidence. In June 2016, after reopening the case and looking into all of the details, remember all of the suing is going on while the court taking its sweet time, right? In June 2016, after reopening the case and looking into all of the details, the Department of Justice announced that no charges would be filed against anyone because there was insufficient evidence to support criminal charges and that the investigators considered the case closed. Kendrick's family have not given up. They continue to seek justice and Kendrick's mother in the documentary said, quote, they killed the wrong child this time. My baby's life mattered. That is the Kendrick Johnson case. I feel very strongly that he was killed like you have all of this evidence all of this evidence and you have missing evidence conveniently missing evidence it's just how his friend who also have dreads who's also much older now obviously he said how um nobody's go into the mat from the top nobody he's like if we want to get our shoes we go and we tip it and we get it he was like the shoes are never in the middle of the mat they're underneath the mat there's a space behind where the mats are stored. So they're stored upright. He was like, people put them behind the mats. Oh, no, sorry. They tested the blood. It's not Kendrick's, but it's old blood. So don't worry about it. They have sneakers there. Not his. Covered in blood. Don't worry about that. Hoodie. 
have a little bit of blood on it. Don't worry about that. All I can say to this, Chanel, the more and more I talk about, or we talk, I get to see it. I'm not going to go I wish every single race has had the ability to forgive and try as black people do. Because I cannot believe how, no, I can't, I just... It can compute. Yeah. It can compute. How I do not you... recommend that you watch the the way you feel and you when you heard me tell you this oh, story, no. you can't it's watch this like, document. Uh, fuck it can't. It went past angry. I, I made Susanna cry again. I went past mother. You know, I went past mother. I, I passed like how is it that you feel so entitled to do this? Horrible things to a race. I think um what's the just the most disrespectful uh. is that like you're not there's such glaring obvious evidence that this is wrong foul play has happened and you're not even taking these steps to try because you know what they're busy doing i don't know the race of the people who did it but what i'm saying is that they're busy protecting the people who did Mm -hmm. so for this family i feel like if they've just been beaten and beaten and beaten and like the sister of the of jackie jackie's sister i don't remember all the names but jackie the mother the sister was like her sister's the strongest person that she knew she was like there she is she's just like get up every day walk in the streets every day like Maricela you know in yeah. front of the courthouse she get arrested she doesn't care they charging them $300,000 they don't give a fuck they're not gonna stop because why should you go on to live a happy my question, life my question my question here's the thing with the Kendrick case it's once again stumbled in my lap. I had heard about it, but never really went into like looking at it. Don't even remember how it came up on my feed. And just something just like, I was going to do a different case. I was like, no, do this case. No, do this case. So whatever told me to do this case, whoever needed to hear this case, whatever comes about for me covering this case, I am no, what's her name? Barbara Walters or one of them, you know? But maybe just the fact that I'm talking about, did you know how cases sort of like pick up in steam in the true crime community? Maybe somebody else will do it, somebody yeah. else will do it. Like, get it out there because I cannot believe that this family have to deal with. Like, it just has so much. When you see the picture of his face after what they did to him, you will not question that he was hurt. You understand? That's why I asked a younger kid, five six, exactly. We'll be like, we'll try to squeeze yeah. in spaces that yeah. we're not supposed to. Yeah, you're seventeen, seven fucking teen. It is more realistic that somebody did something to him and rolled him up into the mat, obviously. And so I really hope that this family gets justice. I'm not gonna lie and be be one of those like pie in the sky kind of people. Like, yeah, they're gonna get justice. But this one really hit me, and I really feel like somebody need to do something. So, like, our little baby podcast, even what it is, I'm hoping that it reaches the ears of somebody who can get the ball rolling on getting this family some justice. Because you imagine you had to pay 300 fucking thousand dollars in lawyer fees to the people who probably kill your child? Nah. Look now. Watch me file bankruptcy today. How dare you making me waste yeah, time you know, I was gonna, going into court? I was going to file bankruptcy, and you know, I get a cent from me. I don't care where I had to hide that money. I wasn't paying a cent. That's true. All of that the people, bad, all of the people that are hiding this, that are part of it. Even if you were not the person that killed this boy, you are the person that continuously keep their family mm-hmm. or his family in pain. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. One of the articles did give the name of the boys, but because it's unfounded and because we don't know that to be true, I didn't think it was right to include their names in the podcast. But I've broken Susanna, so we just She's like, not even, I got like I cannot She's understand. not even talking. She's like, She's not even talking. and I'm not sleepy. Like yeah. that, I'm not. I'm just like. She's not even talking. She's like, <laughs> she's stunned. like, I feel the rage that I felt when I did the Maricela case. Yeah, CNN, Anderson Cooper, fucking hot ass Anderson Cooper. I love you. Hey, <laughs> Anderson, Anderson Cooper covered this. Did a great job covering it. Like they showed the picture because remember the mother wanted the picture out there, mm. so they were like, all right, bet, and they showed the picture. And they did the the things, and they were like, "Why is why are clips of the videos missing? Why is this? Why is this?" So all of my links are mostly CNN. That was the one area where I found I was getting unbiased everything opinion. Mm-hmm. That got as close to the documentary as possible. Everything else was the county sheriff says that it's positional actually. The county sheriff says the, the parents don't think it's this, but the county sheriff says, and I'm like, "Fuck this." I really want to hear what the parents have to say, and so I went looking for it. All right, take us away. <sighs> you fucking broke me. Come on, come on, come Didn't on. see ba- that My coming. battery's dying. We know nothing, so please go to the sources link on our Instagram. I'm a criminally clueless, or on our website at criminallyclueless.com to get the real tea. Follow us wherever you listen to podcasts, and feel free to leave us a like or a review so we can dominate those ratings. Hey, remember, we might be clueless, but that's not a crime. See I'm ya. happy I scare you last. Bye. You deserve it. <laughs>